and welcome to the Rawcast. My name's James Price, here to take you through the odyssey that is the Brisbane Raw Football Club. And uh, it's it's a bit of a sad week this week. Is, well, we certainly didn't get any points on the board, where, especially where it counted. But we are, we're out of lockdown officially. We just have to wear masks. We did at least get football at home on the weekend, so it's not all bad. I am joined by two good fellows. How are you, Dave? Good, mate. How are you? That's all right. Yeah. At least you didn't um, call me other names. That's fine, mate. That's and, fine, yeah. and by the way, we did get one point. Not all bad. Oh, that's news. true. Sorry. Yeah, we did get a point there. Sorry. Yeah. You we'll are definitely correct. Man, most, the, 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 most, the best kind of correct. The best kind of correct. And Mr. Danny Butler, how are you? Good, sir. I'm going well, guys. How is everyone? I oh, just love wearing masks around everywhere. It's great. <laughs> it's just great. How good are masks? Oh, yeah. My favourite is wearing like a clown mask. It freaks people out when you walk into a bank. Um, <laughs> it's from the, the government said so. It's not my fault. Yeah. You go in with those rubber, um, rubber masks of like uh, American presidents. <laughs> like, yeah. all right. I'm just coming in with a mask, guys. Just protecting myself. <laughs> I think I saw a tweet from like, an American lawyer who was like, I just walked into a bank with a mask face covering on. I've gotten people convicted on less evidence. <laughs> <laughs> wow. probably true like yeah. yeah it's a complete flip around dave you've given me a good idea how do we get johnny howard masks <laughs> there's a thing called google dan you should just um yeah john <laughs> howard rubber mask i'm sure it'll come up with something um and i'll get arrested <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it takes you oh. the link takes you straight to police link it's yeah. <laughs> no, it's straight to the to hand, page. To hand yourself in click here <laughs> anyway, anyway, enough, anyway. Of this, enough of this riffraff. Let's get on to some of the yeah, important enough. stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, w League, W League, let's start there. Uh, it was the semi final, it did happen down at Lions Stadium on Sunday afternoon. <clears throat> Brisbane Raw taking the field against Melbourne victory, uh, but it did not end the way we wanted. It was Melbourne victory six. Brisbane Raw two. Uh, Brisbane Raw, the goal scorer is Olivia Chance in the 43rd and Tamika Yallop Meeks in the 74th minute. Uh, and then for Melbourne, the goals victory, that counted, should point the out, they're the ones that actually goal. counted. Yeah. Meeks, Meeks had a hat trick, basically. Meeks had a hat trick. <laughs> but they're the ones that counted. Yeah, just, just a heads up. Dave's on full conspiracy theory on this one tonight. So, um, oh, yeah. You know, just strap yourself in. All right. Lunati uh, confirm, mate. <laughs> FA conspiracy confirmed, yeah. Um, and yeah, Melbourne Victory 6. Uh, so uh, Molina Ayres in the 47th, 87th, and 90th plus 6th. Uh, Devanna in the 23rd and 65th. And Catherine Zimmerman in the 45th. Uh, just a tick under 2,000 in attendance, which was pretty good considering the weather and the short notice for the game. And was it even going to go ahead? So that was pretty good. Booking, Sonny Franco got one for us. She did start for us. Uh, Amy Jackson picked one up for Melbourne Victory. Georgie Worth also got one for Brisbane Raw. The coach got one as well, somewhere in there. Uh, it would have been around that 78th minute. It was just after Georgie Worth. And we some of the other bench definitely got a card as well, but um, I don't think it was ever noted who actually got them or who it was for. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Dave, you were yeah. out there with me. We were uh, cheering on the team. It was, um, yeah. Overall, do we start? Do we start with a proper analysis, or do we do we start with um, with just ripping into the referee? What do you want yeah, to do? Start, we're start with. Let's just start with the with the obvious. We we talked about Pops <clears throat> and Gilding. How yeah. how did it all shape up, and did it really work? Well, shaping up wise, we it was a direct replacement Gilnet for Crummer. 
Um, from the previous week, we've dropped Torpy back from the wing and replaced her with Sonny Franco. Torpy dropped into the fullback position, uh, which was vacated by Heatley. Heatley moved into the centre to replace Polk. So we've we've had the two new signings, or not two new signings, so one of the new signings and um, uh, and Brummer uh, come in to replace the two departures. Um, and yeah, in theory, they were that was going to do a job. I mean, it's definitely a downgrade. It's not the same players. You know, you don't lose Polks, you don't lose your golden boot, and and suddenly you're the same team. I think that was fairly yeah, evident. Center back in the competition uh, and the striker in the competition. And easily. Easily. The same team. <laughs> yeah. And now you've, now you've suddenly got, uh, you know, okay, Kim Carroll's an amazing center back in her own right, uh, but she's now suddenly having to reform a partnership with um, a very young defender in Heatley. Um, who is suddenly, you know, tasked with the responsibilities of, of playing centre-back against uh, one of Australia's best-ever strikers in Lisa Devanna, um, a player like Ayres who was just taking advantage of the space that she was getting, um, especially at the back end of the game. Um, but Lisa Devanna, especially during the middle of that game, she was just all over the place. She was tearing our defence apart. Um She's actually yeah, attack that left hand side, that weaker, that new partnership on the left hand side of yeah, Italy and well, Torpy and yeah. Their first goal is a really good example of this because you've got um they, they came down our right, they dragged our um they dragged our defense along with it. Uh, I think I can't remember it might have been Ayers that Heatley tried to shut down, but Ayers easily shrugged her off. It left Heatley out of position, it dragged Torpy inside and left Devanna out free, and that's where Ayers played the ball. That's a Devanna, and she slotted home. She was always going to score from that particular spot. So it's little things like that, and and they scored a bunch of their goals, the majority of their goals down that side um, of the pitch. They kept coming down their left, our right, and that's where we had the obvious deficiency in defence because of that change-up. So yeah, the losing Polk's lost a lot of that structure that we automatically had um, and put in Crummer, who had very little time to build up any sort of match fitness, um, mm. probably cost us greatly there as well, really, because she's suddenly required to do a lot of work um, with probably not enough match fitness to do it. And yeah. Well, and she you worked have... hard. You can't deny that she didn't work hard. But yeah, you're oh, right. She, she was... worked extremely hard, but whether she was... She's not the same sort of player as, as Gilnick, first of all, um, but she's also coming off a short run, whereas Gilnick, she herself had a pretty slow start to the season goal-wise. Um, mm-hmm. She hit form and she went hard when she hit form. Hard to expect someone to come in, start a game off what might have been, what, 30 minutes of football this season? And be and be yeah. the threat up front. Um, I would have thought that if we go back to last week, maybe why didn't they bring Gilnick off earlier at, at two nil? Give Crummer a really good twenty five thirty minutes at at Newcastle just to get an eye and just to get a bit of a feel for you know a bit more time on the ball, a bit more time on the park. I think that I'm not saying it cost us the game, but I'm saying it's it would have helped. It maybe made us a bit bit sharper in attack. Yeah, I mean, so Larissa Crumner had had 35 minutes of football roughly uh, before her 90 minutes on the weekend. There you uh, go. So, how, how well do you think, because Goodship missed last week, another one just gone the one prior, 
How much do you think him and um, the assistant that took over for that game would have discussed this week's plans for her to be able to make that decision to give Cromer more time? Uh, don't. It's hard to know. Um, mm. He might have been a little bit distracted with the whole, you know, having a baby thing. Um, it, to me, it's, it's pretty distracting. Like, to yeah, be fair. distracting. Yeah. Uh, to me, it seems that I think she played it a bit safer and just sort of left on to monitor the end to make sure the result. So I think the result got taken over any pre-planning for the week before. So getting a home final, I guess, maybe took precedence over. Um, yeah, over. Yeah, over and, any and I'm in no way. I'm in no way blaming the actions there. I just wondered if they, like, they would have, to, to do what we were saying, they would have had to know that Cromer was coming into this two weeks in advance. And they might have, or they might have just said, oh, we'll see what happens in training mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And then not really, I guess, given the match fitness element, the, the, the yeah. pinnacle of gravitas that it needed, I guess. Yeah, and look, I mean, and victory. I mean, victory had also played midweek, so we probably should have been able to outrun them um, as well. At the, you know, that was their third game in a week, uh, and you know, also flying into state as well, playing in Sydney, then playing in Brisbane. So, yeah, we we should have been out. That possibly shouldn't have been as big an issue, but I think they just played us smarter, as Dave sort of talked about, like just so many goals coming down there and just yeah getting dragged in but the, yeah the first goal was just classic that as Dave described so well um even the second goal sort of everyone ends up centrally after it's a bit messy because it's from a corner but it, everyone just ends up centrally and just no one's out there to mark Zimmerman um to just it's to be fair it's a really good finish um, from a tight angle but uh you know there's just no one out there yet there's six of our players sort of in line with the goal um sort of trying to defend the corner and no one thinks to Push back out wide and, and marker. Um, a couple more, yeah, a couple more certainly come down this side. Um, if you want to go, we were a bit unlucky on which goal was that? I think it was the third goal, Molina Ayres, just after <laughs> half time. Um, it, it was actually going to go wide from Devana's shot, and Georgie Worth unfortunately saves it and pushes it straight into her pathway, but once again came down the left hand side. Uh, it's like, certainly a goal that wasn't in the mini match on KO. <laughs> yeah, I know, I right? How how do you miss a goal in a six? Like I understand it's eight goals, fine, but you've got eighteen minutes in your bloody minute. You can make, just make it twenty minutes. Just make it twenty and just make. Just, I know just do what it. happened, right? Because they they were playing the audio like it was the start of the second half. <laughs> it was of, so soon of, after from, it from, from that goal from that goal being scored. Like yeah, they just. Oh, that mini match was a balls up. You can show was, the work experience kid was put onto that one just to add to the um, you know, the the hashtag W League coverage um, oh, <laughs> dramas. Yeah, yeah, you know they probably they finally get a mini match and uh, it's a debacle of a missing and they missed probably the most important moment of the first half as well, which maybe just nicely segues us into mm. that. Yeah. Kick off. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Seeing enough kick off, it was uh, yeah the most important. No, the the other main thing it missed was. Uh, was Meeks. So Meeks has a shot. You know, we we get down. It's a great cutback to her. Um, and really, you have to probably say that it looks like we're denied a, a clean goal. Uh, Meeks hits shot, hits the crossbar, actually bounces down, and then with the backspin from that shot, then hits the bar again and bounces back out. So it's it's only just crossed the line, but with, with bloody official standing there only 10, 15 metres away, yeah. What the fuck no, is she doing? And, and let's what, be clear, we're talking about the fifth official here. It's not like the general linesman. It's like we had someone there for that. Mm. Spot. Her yeah, entire yeah. job. That's her entire job. 
make sure the ball goes over the line. If it does, press your button on your little on your little you know nightstick, and um, <laughs> and and let everyone know that it was a goal. Like fuck me, you you got one job, one job. That's it. <laughs> I can appreciate I can appreciate you know having them is a good idea because lines people they can't always get to see that particular angle, especially if you know you're a bit far out. Um, you got a backline pushing out. You're traveling the other way. It's 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 a hard thing to see on the right angle. When you're there, your literally one job is to look across that fucking line. Look across the fucking line. You knew she was going to shoot. <laughs> I mean, exactly, you, yeah. well, the ball's in your the ball's in your half. You know the ball's there. It's not like it's not like it was at the other end of the pitch. We we aren't looking at the other you know fifth official saying was the ball over the line. No, well, they're the other end of the fucking park. This is an absolute debate. And in terms of the build up, let's just quickly touch on the build up. Hecker was. I think I know the player of the match got given to um, to chance from the raw call. She and I actually thought she was quite ordinary the first thirty minutes until she scored, but um, but I thought Hecker was actually creating chances. She was taking on players. She was look her head was up, so she was looking for opportunities, and she was the one that created the 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 break that got it back, and then was able to cut back to Yelp. Yelp was <clears throat> always going to have a shot from where she was, and rightfully so, but. Um, Fuck me! Just yeah, your job. Like yep. she should give a match payment back because that was fucking shit. That score was one one at that point. Oh, it would have been it was, one. It nil. was nil all. It would have been one nil to us. That would have given oh, us the that lead was before then. Okay, before yep. any goals. Like yeah, 18, 18, 18. I was like, yeah, like the eleventh, yeah, eighth minute, ninth minute, something like that. Oh, no, I was eighteenth or something like that. Was it? Yeah, nah, it was like the eleventh minute. No, I don't know. Well, I thought it was 18th. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It was before they scored. It was before they scored. Okay, yeah. I saw it. I saw it on the telecast live, but I couldn't remember when. Yeah, I mean, in the camera positions, I mean, the camera positions, there's no, there's no real great camera to show it clearly, but I think it does show it reasonably clear that it's, um, yeah, that's, uh, apparently it's, ABC. It's, uh, I don't know about, I don't know how accurate this is, but ABC, who I thought just took the Fox feed, but apparently ABC did an extra, um, replay of it and showed that it went over. So the timeline of on Twitter, of course, is lighting up saying it's bullshit. It was a goal. It was a goal. Even people that aren't invested as a Brisbane fan are saying, "Yeah, that was a, that was a goal." It, it's yeah. It changes. It changes games, right? It changes games. Okay, we lost six two in the end, but if we take the lead, victory changed their game plan, and we probably change our game plan to some extent too. We probably, you know, maybe set ourselves up a little bit differently. It, 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 these are game-changing decisions, and the referees absolutely fucking balls it up in probably which will be the, their biggest game of the season. And, yeah, anyway. anyway let's move on, Dave. Yes, referee <laughs> definitely fucked it up. But it wasn't the only time they fucked up during the game. So No, anyway. but this is the most obvious, and they can get in the pit. I think this was the, this was certainly the worst of the others, uh, worst of them. Although, um, you could probably get... Um, <laughs> you want to move on to next... Um, Fuck up next. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Which, what do you want to? You got Devana. Did Devana foul yell up when winning the ball before scoring victory's fourth? Um, no. Uh, no. <laughs> you see, I only put that as a note there because people did call for that um, on Twitter. I didn't think it was too bad. It was probably one of those ones which can go our way, which wouldn't. You know, it depends how how it was. Credit to Devana though. She was. It was a good finish, but you know what I did she notice? Was um, absolutely. Mal- I think shot. it might have been. It was either. Air, I think it might have been Melina Edge. She ran this this run that pretty much just just blocked um, Izzy Dalton out, who was sort of yeah. like she was going to be closing down Devanna, 
And usually Dalton like runs right in front of Devanna and then like in between her and Dalton. And it's if it was AFL, you'd call it a great shepherd basically, but but without the contact. And and it's just enough for Dalton to sort of oh hang on, maybe I should follow her. And that was just enough for um Devanna to run in behind. And then when Devanna's been on goal with her left foot under not too much pressure, yeah, she's gonna score. And she did. So that was a good yeah. finish. Um look, that's in, in, in credit to um to Ayers in that case thing. So I didn't see that run, but if that's what she's done, that's a clever run. Because mm. uh, you know, Shep, okay, you, you can't you can't block someone from uh, you know trying no. to attack trying to tackle the ball. But if you're making a run that takes another player with you, that's good movement, yeah. right? That's something that you want. Um you know, not everything's about getting the ball to feet. Sometimes it's about creating space for your for your teammates. So that's um that's actually really good credit to her and you know probably has been to our detriment in the end, but you know, that's just good football. Yeah, it's good. That's it. Good football. And look, their victories front three of the Zimmerman Devana and Ayers are up for this game and they played really good football um, you know, right from the get go. Uh, let's probably, I mean, the the actual goal that we were given, uh, in the second half was, um, and yet another chance. Oh, well, actually, we the first half. Oh, sorry. We didn't talk about our we, first goal. Bloody hell. I yeah. missed that. You know, there's so many things went on in this game. It's easy to All miss right, mate. Olivia Chance is, um, Olivia Chance's strike. Fantastic finish. But Dave, you're standing right behind me. Hmm? <laughs> Talk me through the words that came out of your mouth as that play was unfolding. <laughs> <laughs> it was something to the effect of, no. You Sorry, can't shoot. Don't shoot from, don't shoot from there. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> it was too much. No, no, don't. Yes. <laughs> one of these people is a professionally paid footballer. <laughs> the other one is Dave. Oh, hey, 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 hey. You're right, but hey. <laughs> technically correct. That's what I heard. The best. Kind. Technically correct. Yeah. Look, it, it, it's. A little bit speculative. Let's face it. The shot was yeah. from a long way out, and it was a belter of a shot. Um, Chance tends to take those shots. Even the second goal um, that we got was created because of a shot similar to in nature, which the keeper had to tip onto the crossbar and, and Mix was there to tap in. But it, at the time, I was thinking we, we, we just need to do something. We were just kind of a little bit off pace. And I didn't think she was having a great game at the time, as I said. And then she's hit that absolute bell. Throw. And her, yeah, her game improved after that. But... Um, I, just, I, thought, it, I think it was that had a good game, and her and Chance were the two best players. Um, I know there was some thoughts about Yallop, but Yallop was a bit in and out of the game. And, well, I, I don't know. I just Yallop was good when she was in the game. Yeah. Yallop was very good when she was in the game. It was when she was a little bit out of the game where she was a bit anonymous. But yeah. when she was when she got involved, she was really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, I think the others were just a bit more consistent. Yeah, that's it. Um, and both of them, by the way, made the team of the week um, as much as you can have a team of the week from just two semi-final <laughs> games. But, uh, you know, that's, uh, yeah. So, um, Did the ref make the team of the week? <laughs> in a, in a, um, yeah, she was, on one of the, she was one of the victory strikers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she felt so beat out Devanna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a front, front line of uh, Ayers, Devanna, and the referee. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, so we do, we do go in at half time. We go in at half time. Uh, what are we going? We going two one down. All right. Yes. Two yes. one down. Yep. We have pull one back. So yeah, two one down. Um, haven't played amazingly, but still in with a chance. So, but it just all fell apart way too early. Um, the Molina airs that was just unfortunate uh, for the third goal. Uh, what are we up to? We talked. Um, 
talked about the fourth from Devanna. <laughs> I'm just working my way through here. <laughs> so let's well, talk about it. Takes us to the penalty. Yeah, yeah the penalty shout. Well, well, no, probably maybe uh, is that before or after we actually score? No, we score our second before then. Uh, so it's four. So to make a yellow scores, it's a tap in from not from not very far out, but it was from another great chance long shot, uh, which was saved on the crossbar and Meeks was following up well to tap it in and force it home. At that stage, it's four two. And, you know, it's like, well, maybe the comeback's on, you know, you, you run the ball back to the centre and... Victory maybe... you've played midweek, this is their chance. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're thinking, all right, there's 15 minutes left. Yeah, they're tired legs, they've been out there, the field was heavy um, with the, you know, the constant rain. But only a couple of minutes later and the referees just make sure of it. Dave, what the hell is Georgie Worth meant to do apart from... She is clearly trying to punch the ball. Like That is how she sort of attacked it all season. Even the commentators were, I mean, admittedly, the commentators are a little bit Brisbane biased. I think it was Amy Chapman in, um, in co-coms with... Um, it's just Minnie, Brance with her. Brance was making the call. Yeah, Brance Yeah, Brance was, was the main commentator and you had um, Gorry on the, on, on the sideline. But Steph Brance was like, what, what was that about? I don't know what she's yeah. meant to do. Um, it was She's punched the ball. I, I don't... I mean, what was she meant to do instead? It, the referee could put her head there for a second, let her get punched. Instead. She wasn't punching anyone but the ball. I don't understand. It's, I don't know. I just don't was, know. And Georgie Worth got booked for, I don't know if she got booked for the for the foul, in inverted commas, or for the for the complaint. I think sort of foul. I don't think she really went off at her, maybe, apart from a what the. Um, <laughs> I didn't look like she sprayed or anything. Um, I think it was just a foul. I think it was just a yellow like, foul. Kim Carroll asked on on footage. Kim Carroll said the words "What's that for?" about seventy three times. I'm pretty sure she got no response from the ref because, as I've put in my our notes, she was drunk, um, <laughs> allegedly. Um, allegedly. <laughs> um, Reportedly, uh, <laughs> it's just and and just to just to kind of illustrate how little she had control of this game by this stage. Um, everyone was set up for the for the penalty to be taken. Um, against Brisbane's better judgment, obviously, because they're like, this is bullshit. Um, Lena Ayres is set up, ready to take the penalty. Referees walked away from the penalty area and blown her whistle to call up Jake Goodship to, you know, to give him a booking. And Melina Ayres has assumed that's the penalty, you know, take a penalty now. And it's taken the penalty, put it away and uh, and run off celebrating with the referee coming back saying, well, I haven't started that yet. It's like, aren't you going <laughs> to tell question. someone? Aren't you going to tell the, like, tell the players? hold up for a second, I'm going over here to let them know that it's not time to take the penalty? For fuck's sake. This referee was all over the shop. Yeah, I always thought Melina Ayers was a bit weirdly cheeky and even thinking, like, the ref's not there standing there watching you. Like, why do you think that's... In fairness to to Ayers, she's probably focused on trying to put the ball in the back of the net. She's probably not thinking about where the referee is. She's just listening for the whistle, which is fine. I understand that, and I'd I'd be in the same headspace too if I was in her position, but not that I ever would be in a you know W League semi final. I'm not good enough to be in one in the over thirty five semi final, but <laughs> but yeah. never that. By the by, it's yeah. Referee has to focus on what the fuck she's doing. This is she was a disgrace. I know we've said this beforehand in the earlier rant I went on about, but fuck me, the refs are bad. This is going to be so, just me slamming the referees for the next the <laughs> first thirty minutes of this show, isn't it? No, I think they need calling out because, look, I'm looking at this with a women's football especially, but football in general is in the spotlight at the moment in Australia. 
you know, we've got the the leagues are independent of the FA. Um, we've got the Women's World Cup coming up. You know, as COVID starts to hopefully uh, wind down, it, it, it'll become more, you know, people will be going to games more, become more in the limelight. Kids will be playing more. Yeah. We need to, like, get this shit right. And if our refereeing, because we know some of the men's games refereeing is terrible and the referees need more training or something or to be held to a better standard, and if the same is happening in the W League, it, it needs to be called out and it needs to be dealt with else we'll just drive people away when now's the ideal time to be taking advantage of all the focus. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. 100%. Does not showcase it. Yes, did not showcase the best of women's football, uh, which is a shame. That's and that's what you want. All right, um, all those on. all those pay attention. Referee was Lara Lee, just so um, we all know who to blame. <laughs> Pretty sure we blamed her before for things. As a, as yeah. the uh, capo of um as the capo of the raw core yelled out, well, one of the capos um, of the raw core yelled out, why do we never get Kate Jasowicz? <laughs> Jasowicz? Yeah. We never seem to get her in Brisbane. We seem to get Miss no. Lara Lee a lot, and she does not like us. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, so, nor, nor does the wand, because that would have been the same wand waiver who would have assisted with the penalty decision down that end as well. Um, that was the one that couldn't see Meeks's um, shot hitting crossing the bar. I, I don't, I don't understand. I can't remember the replays of the incident. I would have just seen it once in live. It was a few days ago now. Um, but if there's enough contact, if it's deemed that there's enough contact between the goalkeeper's fist and the player. How is it not a red card? Like it's either you didn't get the ball and you punched the player, red card, or you got the ball, no, no offense at all. Um, it's not a red card because the referee was stupid. <laughs> well, that might be. You could maybe claim that whole double jeopardy thing they're trying to avoid with that these days. I didn't. Um, but know then again, punching the goalkeeper is generally still a red, even. Yeah, that'd be a serious foul. That's yeah, you're thing. right. If, like, if she has right got punched someone in the head, it's it's a red card. Well, how do you go? Oh, it wasn't that bad. But it's still a penalty. Mm. Like, uh, it wasn't like the player knocked to the ground either. She was still up on her feet. Like she was all like, actually, "Oh, that hurt a bit." But you know, that's normal when a goalkeeper comes through and punches the ball away. Like mm. <laughs> anyway, anyway, she was having a good old time. She's she's fine. Yeah, exactly. Well, probably yeah, she probably, probably took the penalty. All right, then we have a few offside calls. Dave. Yeah, twenty one. I look. I I'm not buying into one of them. But like, um, I. Have you not seen VAR job I've done on him? I've we seen your VAR job, these... Dave's got his set square out and his geometry kit, and he's oh, drawn yeah, some lovely orange and blue lines. Yeah, and he's got some lines that start at the corner flag and end up like outside <laughs> the box. Like, yeah, very straight lines. Um... No, that's the ref's perspective because she was strong. <laughs> <laughs> that's... Yeah. Dave's one's the one below with the straight lines. <laughs> yeah. Look, all I'm saying is that. The linesman, or lineswoman, sorry, in this case, um, had shown poor, uh, poor application of the rules, and you know if that's the case, then the lines that I've put on this uh, on this image, are hundred percent accurate. So you know what, that's on her. Uh, fair enough. Look, I, we're referring to the one where Hecker actually does uh, put the ball into the back of net. Uh, is called offside. I. I think she's she's clearly ahead of Angie Beard, and I don't think there's anyone that's playing her on, at least in the angles that we've got. And we only had the couple of angles because, of course, there's not a lot of cameras put out there for the W League. Um, the Meeks one, though, I reckon that one, and admittedly, so that was at, uh, I think, we're, what, down 4-2? Were we 4-2? Was that? No, I think it was after the uh, No, no, that was, we were down 5-2 by this stage. So it's just before they've scored their, their final goal. Um, that yeah, we was legitimately 
um, uh, that was legitimately a goal. Well, at least she was she was on side. I think the keeper probably held off a little bit from um, continuing the action because the flag had gone up, but that was a terrible call. Um, she, Meeks was 100% released. And if we take into account you know, the goals that should have been given and the goals that should not have been given, um, that makes the game you know, 4-4 or even 4-3 to us, and we're not conceding the last one. But anyway. because <laughs> um, you So you reckon Ayers was offside for the fifth? Which what was it? Yeah, 100%. 100% she was offside for the fifth because that was a shot from distance that was parried by um, Georgina Worth into oh, yeah. the pathway of Ayers, who was offside at the time. I saw it on game day. I called it at the time we saw right. it. So yeah. that was offside, 100%. Um, the replays, the camera angles were never there. They didn't even, she wasn't even in the shot when the shot happened. So you can't no. even tell. Yes, yeah. No, no, no. It, was, it was impossible to see. It's impossible to see on the cameras, but from our vantage point, it was pretty obvious to me that she was ahead of the defender. And well, linesmen are just fucking terrible on that end. That yeah, yeah. <laughs> we haven't had fun for the left hand end of the screen, that's for sure. Well, we've had fun on neither end. Bloody hell! Like none of the referees were fucking any good. How can you have five referees and all of them are shit? <laughs> oh look, I thought the uh, I thought the sixth official did a great job. <laughs> what's higher is, is getting the wand or the or the or the subs board considered a higher the ones are f- uh, the fifth official i'm pretty sure well, they're, the, fifth, the they're fifth, the fifth official but they're number one, five and yeah. six they're they're not the fourth official because they're still the fourth on the sideline if the referee goes down injured for example the fourth official takes on that duty That's true. Yeah. um so yeah the other ones behind the goals are called wonder Wonder. Nice. wonder. <laughs> Is that because you yeah, wonder man. how they got there with the eyes like that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, that's it. In the, in the, uh, in the... That's a double pun using the same thing. I like it. Well done. Yeah, well done all. Yeah, done well. Uh, that's almost these jobs to monkeys. That was as good as your triple well, pod um, <laughs> spruce yeah. from last week. But, uh... Well, you know. It's yeah. a like it's like like Dan just said, you don't give these jobs to monkeys, not untrained ones anyway. <laughs> Trained monkeys, maybe, but not untrained yeah. ones. Yeah. Actually, we're more uh, like the um the monkeys with the typewriters. If you have enough monkeys <laughs> and enough typewriters, they'll eventually write the <laughs> the great novel. Yeah. Yeah, the great yeah, novel. That's like us. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, it was finished off with a six goal in the ninetieth plus six. And uh fair to say that um yeah, they, they gave up on that one. Um, especially Georgie Worth and goals, she just watched it, didn't even dive. So I'm um, not sure she would have made it. Actually, it was actually it wasn't a bad finish, but uh... it was a well taken goal. But at that stage, players were, were done. Yeah, we're five three five two down at that stage. We've we've copped ridiculous decisions against us, and you know, as has finished it nicely. To really, just tucked it into the into the corner. I remember you saying, Pricey, that you didn't even realize it had gone in until they started celebrating. It was. Uh, it, it was. It looked like it was so close to the to the to the post. It could have been either side from our vantage point, but it, well taken. And yeah, credit to Ayers as well. She played exceptionally well. She deserved her hat trick. Um, just a shame it was a semi final. <laughs> that's it. That's it. So that's all she wrote for the W League season for Brisbane Raw this season. Uh, so it's not a good run we've had in semi finals. I think that's our fourth loss in a row. Uh, in semi-finals, uh, one of them was a nil-all. If um, you might remember against Melbourne City, where we got we where we lost some penalties five-four. But uh, yeah, we haven't won a semi-final in the W League since 2014, and that's not a great record um, at all. Nope. So um, yeah, we've got to stop blowing. And I think we've finished top of the league twice in the, those seasons as well. So 
Uh, no, no, sorry, maybe a Lingons, but yeah, a lot of home finals in that as well. I think three of the four are home finals. So, yeah, that's um, something to fix in our W League team. But uh, we won't be fixing that until next season. That's for sure. Uh, mm. Anything more you want to say on any of that? I mean, go on. One, one last jab. Fuck the referees. Fuck the referees. <laughs> Hashtag F football Australia conspiracy. No, APL conspiracy. Is that what we're meant to go with now? Is it an APL conspiracy? <laughs> yeah. Just a yeah. just a Southern States conspiracy, mate. Yeah, Anti Brisbane conspiracy. Anti Brisbane. Yeah. Yeah. So um. Anyway, there there might be another game of W League next week. There might be Sydney FC and Melbourne Victory playing in it. Um. Yeah, can we can we all just agree that last week then didn't actually happen and we. We're second in the league, and, yeah, yeah, and that's second, all, that's yeah. how we ended. Yeah, there are no finals. Yeah, second. Yeah, what what, what finals? Yeah, that's right. There are no that's finals. Right. It's just a Mickey didn't... Mouse post post season knockout comp that means nothing. Huh? I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys exactly. didn't go to a football match last week. It was just a no. Park. I went to Lions for a, for a feed and um, playing the pokies. <laughs> they need they needed a few more customers as well. Oh, you know, they're such a struggling business out there at lines. Oh look, I just think the ambiance is nice. I just actually like <laughs> driving on, on um on that nice grass um field they've got out the back. It's it's really nice to drive on actually, even in the rain. Held 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 up well, I thought. Yeah. Oh good to hear. Good to hear. Yeah. I hear they got yeah, good yeah. drainage out there. Yeah, nice. Yeah, they do. They do. Well at least on that field where you park all the cars on. <laughs> yeah, well you hope so. Yeah. It's a uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's move on from that. That's enough talking about that. <laughs> Let's go to the A-League. They also were able to play this weekend after the uh, after the lockdown was lifted, um, after some very strong contact tracing efforts by Queensland Health, and also some testing as well. Uh, so it was Brisbane Roar 1, Riku Danzaki in the 49th minute um, as we had a cracking start to the second half. Uh, Western Sydney Wanderers is who we played, and uh, they kicked it off uh, Yeboa. Uh, scoring against us in the 12th minute. Kwame Yaboa. No back, I don't think he did any backflips to celebrate, though, which is a little bit disappointing. Maybe he's put them away a bit like Sam Kerr has. Uh, 4,952 people braved what could have been terrible weather, but it actually didn't end up raining and it wasn't too bad. So it wasn't too bad out there at at the, um, uh, what do we call it, the Wildlife Aquatic Stadium? That what we're... <laughs> Yeah, the Wildlife Aquatic, uh, Aquatic Wildlife yeah. Stadium. Aquatic Wildlife yeah. Stadium, yeah. Uh, quite a number of bookings in the game. Uh, Keanu Bacchus, um, of course, one of the sons of people who don't know how to name their children in the 40th minute. Uh, Bruce Kamau in the 44th minute. Uh, Jay O'Shea picked one up for us in the 55th. Graham Dorans with his seventh, sorry, his eighth booking of the season already <laughs> in the 74th minute, uh, which is just quite an incredible effort, really. Um, things where only played about 12, 13 games and he would have already had a suspension. And uh, Ramit mm-hmm. Akbari picked one. The Admiral picked up one right at the end. Uh, big changes in this one, Cutsy. We had uh, Cutsy, sorry. <laughs> That's your cousin. Oh, just uh, let me go get her. <laughs> Stumps off down the hallway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We wanted we wanted you to talk W League, and we want her to talk A League. That's all we wanted on this show. <laughs> Just appreciate that. Uh, five changes in this one, mate. Aldred injured in training the day before, so he was out. Gillespie, of course, was suspended from the week four, and our whole front three of Daly, Wenzel, Halls, and Kudo were all dropped. I actually can't remember if Daly did play. Um, in came Hingard into centre back. Uh, Brindle South out wide, right. Danzaki, Golgo, and Joey C up front. And indeed, the Western Sydney Wanderers coach did something um, similar. He changed his front floor around completely. So it was an interesting lineup, I think. Um, a couple of eyebrows raised, but see when uh, when this lineup. Yeah, got... I. It's... So Can first things it? first. Western Sydney Wanderers made four changes as well, but theirs were more like 
resting players because they had Central Coast Mariners a few days later. And yeah, they're the big game coming up. Yeah, <laughs> who would have thought <laughs> it a year ago? But that's what they did. <laughs> we made changes. Okay, the back line was in a bit of disarray with the card and the unfortunate uh, suspension and Neville not being back fit for 90 yet. <laughs> the back line was in disarray. We lost both of our centre backs, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we lost three. two it out of three of our centre backs. It was, it was worse than the dub. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I feel like the attacking subs was more of a, the question I asked everyone was, is this panic? Have we reached panic levels of changes? And I, I I feel like we have, and I feel like after this game, we still have, and we'll see a completely different front three next game. Uh, yeah, I think you you could be right there. Like, um, I guess he's, he probably finally sort of gave up a little bit on, on, uh, on, on Dylan Wenzel Halls, and uh, yeah, um, uh, yeah, well, it makes some sense. I guess he decided to go try and go quick and hard with the two runners in Danzaki and Joey. Um, I don't know what you do with goal goal, he's just seeing if he works. I think, um, so it's the same, it's the problem goal. we have. It's we've been talking yeah. about this for what like weeks now. You've got half, half cut players that are half fit and half, half match fitness in terms of their touch, and so. You don't know. You've got too many guys where you're sitting here saying, if we get them fit, will they be good enough? And mm. we don't have enough minutes to get anyone fit while we're losing games and losing points. When was the last time we won? Eight games now? It's been eight games, yeah. yeah. Like, so we've Round had five. eight games of just testing people. Is it, is it, is it goal goal this week? Next week, Kudo will be starting and we'll be like, well... He probably won't do that well, but he's not fit yet. He hasn't got touch. He's still got it. You're like, well, how do you, how do you keep doing that? At some point, you've got to just say, these are the ones. We can't get everyone fit. It's not going to happen. So I get uh, it's the same rant every week. I'm just I'm getting sick of it, and I'm getting sick of the excuses of, oh, but when he's fit, he'll be all right. And oh, I just mate, I don't yeah. like it. I guess it'll be it will be interesting to see. But yeah, when you. Yeah, the front three did very little in the first half. We we sort of came into it towards the end a little, but uh, a couple of header opportunities for goal goal. But yeah, there wasn't a lot going on that first half. Western Sydney Wanderers pretty fairly dominant and rewarded with the early goal. Uh, I reckon. I reckon you'd say, Dave. Sorry, I missed that. I completely phased out for a second. Okay, that right. first goal. Oh, first <laughs> goal. Their first goal. Western yeah. Sydney Wanderers sort of dominated from the outset and were rewarded with the early goal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we we, we were pretty. Abject in the in the opening and and Yaboa, I, I honestly can't even remember how Yaboa scored the first goal. To be honest, it's just uh, as much as I'm yeah, here to yeah, obviously yeah. analyze the game, I've completely completely blanked out on what um, Wanderers did because that first yeah, game was that first half was put them in the bottom corner from the edge of the box and it was yeah that was pretty poor defending. I don't know. What do you think, Price? Are you you sound like you know it a little bit. Yeah, Price, um, what do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, I'll stand behind it. It was just. Defenses at six and seven, standing around watching as sort of wanderers, just young, young defense. Yeah, young no, defense. So. Like, it's all like a symptom of how we play. So we got two essentially attacking midfielders as our defensive midfielders in Akbari and O'Shea, and we are again and again and again getting caught out because of it. And it's okay. not like you go, oh, but that was the defenders probably needed to shut that down. Yeah, a little bit, but they should have been coming in and compressing that space. Someone like. Kamau shouldn't glide in that easily un- unimpeded. You know, Yeboah shouldn't be able to make runs. There was chances all through that first half from range that we weren't shutting down. It just the the whole 
I keep saying that the players we have don't fit what we're trying to do. And then we try and change a little bit. And then we have different players and we've got no identity or anything. And we're not building towards anything. It's so weird watching Brisbane try and put something together right now. It feels like Moon's a little bit lost in terms of what he wants the team to do. Like he's got these players and he's okay, well, how am I going to make them work? Instead of this is what I want them to do, this is how we're going to drill the team to do it. How do what players do I need to make this happen? And I think players like um, Kudo is a good example of that. He doesn't. I don't feel like he fits into any particular formation they're trying to do or what they're mm. trying to achieve. And obviously, he hasn't got much game time as a result. And when he does come on, it's a bit anonymous because he's. I don't know. You got, and that's just one example. Then you got. You know, a lack of midfield because hey, we want to get O'Shea up, but there's no one in there to. You've got help. to play Scott McDonald. Like you need him in sort of. He can't play up top on his own. We tried that, yeah. so he needs to play a little deeper. But then you want wingers, but then you can't afford to give up midfield. It's it's like he wants every different tactical formation <laughs> to be in play. So I want a back five with you know rampaging fullbacks, but also a solid <laughs> back four with a defensive <laughs> midfielder, but three men in midfield ahead of that. And, we're not playing 15 players on the park. You got to. You know what though? I think Warren Moon's figured it out. He's gone. They're allowing five subs now because the players get too tired. Yeah. The logical <laughs> next step is to just allow more players on the field, so everyone has to do less running. <laughs> so when we do get 15 players on the field, he'll be fucking all over it. Oh, and if the refs in the A League are like the ones in the W League, they'll be drunk and just think they're seeing double. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> so, uh, it's by the flawless. Way, no, I, I know I spoke to Butsy about this pregame day, but how many crosses do you think uh, Corey Brown whipped into this game? Just this game? Just this game. 73? <laughs> not quite. Not quite. Is that just the first half? Maybe 140, 146? Something like that? <laughs> Puts in a lot <laughs> of crosses. At 89 touches for the game, apparently. So um, he might have had 89 crosses. crosses. <laughs> <laughs> he did not have 89 crosses. Hey, a one shot, 88 crosses. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> He, he went a little yeah, bit rogue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. I expected you to answer normally, and that was, that's on me. That's on me, listeners. Uh, Dave said he was a bit tired. and uh, he, <laughs> he had 14 crosses, though. And, like, that just yeah. plays into what you mean. Like, you know, we sort of – we've only got the two wide guys, but we whip in a lot of crosses. Um, but the midfield just doesn't work. Like, I, I think I, I put this tweet out halftime. Like, these were two, like, back fives playing each other. Like, it wasn't really – back threes with really bombing on massively wing backs um, that you see some teams um, play. Like, they were much more back fives. And then when you've also got both got teams, got two sitting defending midfielders, and even though ours are a bit more attacking-minded, they still start back there right in front of the back three or five. And all of a sudden, you've got, like, seven players back there, but then you only have, like, three up front against them. And, like, it's everyone gets outnumbered. Like, attackers get outnumbered really easily. And that's just what breaks the game down. And then you sort of have to flick it out wide because it's, you know, at least it may be out there, it's a one-on-one as the two sort of wingbacks that were against each other. And that's where you end up with a lot of crosses from out wide and sort of a bit aimless. Hopefully your big lumbering bloke in the box can get his head on it. And our big lumbering bloke's not that great at getting his head on a cross. Uh, it reminds me, you he's, know, just, he's a cheap off-brand bloody Marty Holloway. And that's saying something. Uh, at least Marty Holloway has a good thing. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, well, I know we were slagging him, but that was a big call. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what? And as much as we're lamenting, you know, Warren Moon wanting to play seventy-three different, and I've I've thrown out the number seventy-three game just it must be at the top of my head for something. But you know, hundred yeah. different bloody formations. Um, 
In the case of we losing us losing our two centre backs, I don't know why he didn't just go to a a back four. So you know what? Start from basics. We know we've got Brown, we've got Brindle South who can play a fullback. Yeah, okay, Hinga's going to come in the middle with Trowan. Have Courtney Perkins on the bench, right? You don't need to bring Courtney Perkins in to play ninety minutes in a side where he's he's not. So, and I'm not saying he played badly at all, but I'm just saying from an exposure point of view, we've now got one of the youngest backlines in the competition based on or least experienced backlines with Brindle South. If you want to count him in there, um, they're back four, and then it gives you that flexibility ahead of you. Play a middle three. Play two wide players in Champness and Dan Zarki or McBride through the middle, or give a partner to fucking. Halls or whatever you want to do, but in the Just case where we've lost two of our biggest players in the in a defensive capacity, and okay, we only conceded one, but we were under the cost for a fucking good chunk of that first half. Um, mm. Why would you, yeah, just kind of reset and say, okay, this is what we're going to do, and then when we get these players back, we'll revert back to our back five because we know we've got a bit of you know solid fucking defensive ability back there to cover us. Instead of throwing in as much as Courtney Perkins is a good young player. He's still a young player with not much game time this year under his belt. And I think he probably would need that. I mean, he's probably been an NPL, but uh, I don't know. You could argue as a back four is when we've actually played our better football. I think we're back four when we beat victory both times. I know we were, we, we might have started back five and then went to back four, which is when we changed the game around against him down there. Um, and we've sometimes it's looked like our, that's when he's sort of thrown it forward. Oh, he's gone back to a back four and, you know, we've chucked someone forward and that's when we've attacked more and looked you know, at our most attacking. So... Maybe it'd be nice, like you say, to start with that. And yeah, if you're down on numbers and defense, let's let's maybe try and fix it up that way instead. But anyway, I think Actually, the biggest thing with, the... with yeah, go ahead. So I think the thing with four at the back versus five at the back is if we have problems with defensive midfield and you play four at the back, you, it yeah, exasperates the problem. So he's probably worried that he doesn't have a a screening kind of midfielder like we talked about, Dorrance and his thousand yellow cards Got without daily. someone. Well, he's he got might. Danny, yeah, he's maybe. got Danny Kim. He's got Daly. They're two. Like Daly's mm. best role so far this year is when he does that screening role and lets O'Shea go forward. Barry's probably more yeah. your classic centre midfielder. He's not going to screen the back line for you. He's not going to push on and become this super attacking midfielder like O'Shea will create a midfielder. He's going to do a job in the midfield and you know, rotate the ball around and whatnot. Daly has got a bit of fucking you know, front about him. He'll He'll put a tackle in. He'll hustle a defender, he'll slot in in the back line when a fullback pushes on. You know, he'll do those sorts of extra steps. He's not Pardaloo levels, right? Pardaloo is probably the best player we've ever had in that particular position um, in terms of what that role means positionally. Um, PK wasn't too bad at it either. Thomas Christensen, probably. He anyway. was good at it too, but I'd say Pardaloo is probably the probably a step ahead of him in regards to that particular much role. Much more structured, and, you know, much more structured yeah. in how that works, but that was just the end system. So Yeah, yeah that's right. But yeah. but I think I think Daly can fit into that sort of mold fairly reasonably, and I, back four would suit that particular setup a lot better. I think you'd be able to get O'Shea, Akbari, and Daly in there. You'd be able to get all three of them in there as a um, uh, yeah as a, as a as a unit. It releases O'Shea. It maybe gives you a bit more width. I'd well, even let, argue. Let me lay this one on you. So this is my thoughts. Just. I know we're totally off topic, but the game was pretty boring. So let's talk about <laughs> Brisbane Roar as a whole. Um, so formation. How about instead of screwing around trying to pick some striker that may or may not be good and is sort of scratchy, let's pick the players we know are good. Go two up the top, Denzaki and Scott McDonald. O'Shea centrally in behind them. So you let the two attackers 
appeal as they need to. And then you play your three across midfield. So it's like Akbari, Daly, and Kim or someone. And then you're back four. And then immediately... Uh, Defensively a dominant midfield there. Yep, exactly, Mm -hmm. yep. And so then O'Shea is in a position where he can lead the game, which is better because he's the best at that. And you have three players that are busy midfielders that will work hard and then try and win balls. And then you'll still have two up top. And both Danzaki and McDonald are good in short spaces, so they'll stay near each other. And they're both pretty active. And you can still allow your wing-backs... I think that would be fine. I think that could do a job. And then you yeah. just don't waste all the time with guys like Gogol, Kudo. Like, Champness is there. He could fit that. You play him up front and tell him to roam. He could fit that strategy in bursts. Dylan would like that better because he's he likes playing. He's better when he's got someone near him to feed him. You know, like, that just I'd, makes I'd like more see, sense I'd to like me. to see more 4-3-3. Like, so you have your defensive midfielder, what Dave was talking about, with Jesse Daly. Yep. You can have O'Shea and Akbari as the midfielders in front of him, which, you know, O'Shea can be the more forward more forward ranging of them. But, you know, they can take it in turns, depending on which side of the pitch is working. And then and then you have, you know, you can have Wenzel Hall's leading line. And, I mean, to be honest, I'm pretty much just describing the Ange system. You can have Scotty McDonald <laughs> probably playing the... Um, he could be playing the Broish role where he's floating inside a lot and trying to create inside. Um, and then you have, you know, Ricky sort of out wide. Like, it's, there's no reason why that, yeah. you know, Wenzel Halls can't be playing the Barisha role. Um, Riku Danzaki can't be playing the Barbarusas. In all honesty, you could, you could have both options up your sleeve. You could hmm. start with one and move to the other because I, hmm. I think they're, they're both very adaptable in that, re- that particular regards. And it gives you slightly different variation on whether you go more narrow or more wide. So, Without getting into a tactical sort of breakdown of everything, which we've done a pretty good job on right now, <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, I think that's probably two solutions that, you know, even if we throw the rest of the fucking season into the bin and say whatever, as a build for next year, as a build for next year, I think it'd be worthwhile having a look at. I was just going to say, where, where are we on the ladder now in terms of top it's, six? It's, oh, it's, uh, what's the ladder? Six points. We're only a few point. points off still. We are five points off yeah, the game in hand on Sydney, who are in sixth. Yeah, sorry, Dave. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. My point was just I'm, I'm almost at the stage of time to throw it in the bin and start planning ahead. Mm. I wouldn't say throw it in the bin because we've still got half our games left. Right. So we're, yeah. we're, only, we're only halfway through the season. Other teams have played more. We've played the least number of games with Perth and West United who are there, they're in abouts with us. So we've got games in hand. So that's, you know, something to look so at. Let me but unless we it, start like, winning games, there's no point having games in hand. It's a big waste of fucking time. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So maybe rephrasing it is it's not going in the bin, but it's like, well, we can canter along as we are and maybe we'll get a little better at what we're doing. Maybe not. Or we can say, look, let's, let's, let's make the change. And back ourselves to make the change based on knowing yeah. the players and then, now and what they can do and where we're going. And it'd be interesting then, what do you do, what do, you do with the Scott Neville, sort of then? Um, is he is he one of our centre defenders or is he one of the wingbacks? Um, well, he's, he's your uh, option off depending the on some of the rest of our news, we might not have to answer that question. <laughs> that's true that's true so. um all right let's actually get back to the game a bit um probably the our, our great our best part of the game oh there was an offside goal um uh, yeah, yeah skip that before. too much too much chat about this game already 
Uh, you might have played into Western anyway. His replay's a bit unclear. But Jamie Young did just let him score. Anyway, but second half, the, the Joey sees runs. That that was when we had our best dominant period. Clearly, that five, ten minutes after halftime, um, I think he had a good halftime talk and pretty much told him, let's get the ball, let's run at these guys and move it quickly. And it paid dividends, Butsy, um, with uh, Joey C having two great runs and he was, couldn't quite work out the feet for the first one, but he got it right for the second one. Yeah, yeah. I still think he was a little bit lucky, but at the end of the day, he did try and play that into Danzaki. I wasn't sure, but he did. So good on him. I think that's what he can do. I think that's great. And I think if he played 90 minutes, I think, or pretty close to, if we can get him fit and he can do that more than twice over 90 minutes, okay, like that's probably a bit harsh. He had a few good runs. He had one in the first half as well, which is probably... Say, he had one in the first half first right half towards minutes. the end, which is probably what sparked his going, hey, I can have Adam a little bit. So, but he needs to do it more because what he does is he makes those runs and he does nothing in between, and he needs to work on the rest. It's the old. Um, I song, mate. Say Jamie McLaren, right? When he got Golden Boot that year, fantastic. You know, we we're all happy that there were times in his career at Brisbane where he just did nothing else, and if we weren't quite clicked, we couldn't feed him, and he couldn't score, and then we were like, "Why do we keep playing this guy?" Joic's kind of like that. It it doesn't do all the work, and you have to carry him a bit. And I don't think we're gonna click well enough this year yet to carry a player yeah. like that. You can't carry when we only really got three attackers. You, we can't be carrying one of the three. Or when um, the others are unfit strikers, <laughs> like yeah. Anyway, yeah, exactly. Um, then it was probably the after, straight after that. Um, we went for the triple sub, triple sub, Dave. I know you love a triple sub. Um, a good old triple sub. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's great to see the triple sub and both Scotty's returned. So Scotty Mack up well, came in up forward and Scotty Neville went into the back line and I think did Dylan Wenzel Hall's come on on that one as well, I think. Yeah, I'd say why not? Uh, <laughs> why not? Yeah. Yes, he did. We you, um, we did bring on three pretty pretty um good you know attackers in one foul sweep. I think you're right. It was um Wenzel Hall's McDonald and, and Neville. Which what I liked is because it took so long for that triple sub to happen and Scotty Neville actually subbed on the 58th minute and the other two subbed on the 57th minute, <laughs> <laughs> which is just great because it takes so long. Um, yeah, but this probably led to the, a period of just instability in the game, I felt. Um, it, sort of, it actually really ruined the flow that we just we just struck up. Joey was having a couple of great runs and we were causing a bit of havoc and it just sort of slowed up the game as we sort of got used to it. And Western Sydney Wanderers then probably dominated for the next sort of little patch until they went and made their quad sub, Dave. Yeah, I think I, th- I think the the thing to take out of this is just never make any subs. Go back to our <laughs> old friends Tyson style and um, just leave everyone on the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. So, otherwise, yeah. otherwise you're just going to get ruined. Yeah, look, I mean, Franz Thiessen would love the the uh, the five sub era. I think um, it, it was an era made for him, and uh, he sorely <laughs> missed. It's great for him because it adds more injury time for him not to make <laughs> subs. So he means his eleven players on the field have to play longer. <laughs> <laughs> he'd, be, he'd name his seven people on the bench. They all be the same. They go, "Oh, we're not getting on." <laughs> um, do Do you think, Butsy, that we've actually once we did all with the game sort of set back down, we we probably had the better of the chances towards the end? Yeah. Of the game? And here's the thing: there's going to be a lot of glass half full people that are going to say, "Look, we could have won that game on the bounce. We probably should have won that game." The stats are heavily in our favour. We came home like a storm. And we just couldn't find a way to score, and it's true. It is true. And unfortunately, West, well, not fortunately, Western Sydney Wanderers were terrible and tired and fell apart. But you could say that. Just to interrupt there, you could say yeah. that about a bunch of our games in this run. 
against yeah. the Knicks, we came home like yeah. a freaking, you know, <laughs> like a storm, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, against uh, Sydney, we were dominant for fucking ages. and only put a one away uh, at home, that is. You know, there's there's a hundred bloody occasions where we've just had long stretches of dominance and done fucking nothing. Maybe put a goal away. But if you look over the last... Well, last time we scored more than one goal is against victory. Every other game since then, we scored yeah. one goal or less. Yeah. So that's what I say. It's, it's half glass half full or glass half empty, right? It's either we're snatching out our chances, but damn, do we do well? Or the proof is in the pudding. Eight, eight games without a win is eight games without a win, which is terrible no matter which way you slice it. Yeah, so. that's it. And uh, I mean, and the way the victory, I mean, obviously two of our four wins at the start, well, three of the four wins, two against victory who have proven to be absolutely trash. And the other one was against Newcastle Jets who are also not a good, to be honest, the only really good win was against Adelaide now who look pretty handy. So, but they didn't play well. that was before Adelaide day. became handy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They took a couple, a couple of weeks to get handy. So we just got them at the right time. But since then, yeah, we have not looked good. Um, Probably, yeah. Yeah, like I said, Margaret did actually make a couple of really good saves there towards the end. And, and he had a couple. He certainly was a much busier the goalkeeper, so you could say that was probably, um, he, you know, that's if that's a sign of anything, then, well, maybe on a points decision, we sort of just edged it, but uh, 1-1, probably fair. Probably the, the big downside towards the end, Dave, was uh, the jacking injury. Um, oh. Didn't look good, did it, mate? No, no, it didn't look good. And um, we know he's had a long... A long history. He's had he had a long layoff, obviously, um, off the back of a similar type injury. We don't know specifically what it is. If there is any sort of time frame, we'll find out probably Friday when they announce mm-hmm. the team, um, or in the lead up to, depending if he's in the squad or not. But it uh, didn't look exceptionally good, and um, hopefully, it's just one of those things on the night that wasn't as bad as it looked, and he's right to rock and roll for um, for Friday. But um, Fingers yeah. crossed, it's it's uh, it's nothing serious. Yeah, we were, um, we yeah, we sort of um, we had he's off to obviously get scans and um, yeah, we'll see um, see what comes out of that when we we find out some news from that. So yeah, probably the only other thing was obviously I was obviously only one of the three actually at the game and um, probably the the one really weird thing about being at the game was just you know obviously there's a high, much heightened awareness around COVID safe procedures and stuff like that and but the the stupid thing is and anyone's been there is there's sort of basically three food areas. Um, where you can go buy um, food and drink, um, sort of combined. Um, but to the the the, team, the stand that was on, um, which is the eastern stand, the side you see from the cameras, and the stand where the den were, were all going to one food place. Were funneled, you know, they had security guards stopping people from going out of their zones um, today to sort of enforce that. Uh, and they were all going to one, so that one had a massive line all game. The other two were basically empty, um, and be it. They were shared between the main stands, um, who you know, probably that was actually looking pretty empty on the weekend. Um, so, you know, that was just didn't go down very well. So when you sort of got two that are empty, one with massive lines, everyone standing right on top of each other. Okay, look, most people were wearing masks and stuff like that, at least around the ground. It wasn't too bad. But uh, yeah, when you've had a lot of when you had a few positive cases up that way and visiting areas around that place, yeah, it just didn't end up well and just poorly. Lines, the lines were at the COVID calls end too. Uh, no, they're at the uh, end away from the COVID. Oh, uh, they're on the side of the COVID calls. Yes. Yes, they are the COVID calls. Yes, same, same. Are. Yes, yes. It's yes, not yes, the 7-Eleven end, mate. 7-Eleven end safe. Yeah, no, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it was the calls end of the ground. So, um, that just, yeah, didn't go down well. So, um, anyway. Maybe they should have, place, um, hired some volunteers to marshal people to different parts of the ground. We weren't going to get onto that. We were going to okay. leave it. <laughs> All right. 
That's, that's a rant for a different day, man. We'll leave that one. Uh, we are currently in eighth position. Uh, we've played 13, won four, drawn five, lost four, 17 goals for, 15 against. It's all starting to feel a bit like last season. 17 points on the board. Next up, it's uh, MacArthur FC. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You said it's starting to sound a bit like last season. When does Warren Moon get onto Twitter and start abusing people? <laughs> oh, God. Does he have any holiday plans that he's not coming back from? <laughs> does he? Uh, is he interested in, uh, in property? <laughs> uh, does, does he like Indian food? <laughs> he, he rents. He only rents. He has no plans to go on holidays, and his Twitter account is very smartly um, rather inactive. All right, just he's not trying to engage. <laughs> it's all above board. Let's not go down that path, please. Please, please don't do that, Warren Moon. Anyway, oh. look. If he starts to win Manager of the Month in a landslide all of a sudden because of some <laughs> some dodgy accounting. We'll know, yeah. we'll know where this season's heading. I think they've actually been running polls online for that this season. No, I think they just did it for the Robbie season year, and that was um, yeah. the Robbie season, Robbie Fowler season. And, Robbie. Um, yeah. yeah. I heard anyway. he won manager of the season. I heard he won manager of the, uh, yeah, manager of the month for Brisbane Raw. Um, he did very well. Oh, yeah, excellent, excellent. Yeah, uh, incredible, incredible human being and, and manager. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, oh, those yeah, things are not like the other. MacArthur FC away at MacArthur at the New Boys Friday night out there in Camp Bell Town. Uh, 7.05 p.m. kickoff. Uh, remember, daylight savings has ended, so um, that will be uh, the same down south as it is up here. They're currently sitting in third. Um, yeah, they're going quite nicely. Played 15, won eight, drawn two, lost five, 19 goals, four, 19 against. No, that's not right. Um, they've got, yeah, that's what are you doing to me, Dave. I'm pretty sure that's right. Pretty sure. Oh, yeah. Google says, mate. Yeah, it is what's so. Yeah, you are right. Wow, that's that's actually very low scoring. Because I think they considered like six in one game, though, didn't they? They get smashed by like Adelaide. Mate, um, do I look like the, the MacArthur bloody expert? No. Oh, well, I do. And I thought he was the MacArthur expert around here. Come back here. They've considered four in a game against Western United. There you go. And they dropped three to City. There you go. Uh, they're, they're plodding along as a pretty ordinary, whatever. Yeah, that's it. They're so uh, they did. Beat, they did beat Perth Glory two nil on uh, fr- on Good Friday. Uh, they did, of course, beat us two nil up here uh, a couple of months back. Mm. Expecting much out of this one, Butsy? It's a hard one to tell. I, I I don't think we're gonna do anything surprising. So we might do something surprising, but it won't be any more exciting. Um, I think they'll probably probably smash us. Maybe get a couple <laughs> of goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll probably Look, just smash us. <laughs> the worst, the worst place to be as a fan of football is apathetic, and I'm, I'm fast going down that route because I don't, I'm just finding, apart from the inherent, you know, this is my club and I will support them and I will watch all their games regardless. I'm finding it hard to get too excited. Yeah. So I, I think they're good. Derbyshire is in good form and probably bang uh, a couple, especially if um, defenders aren't back yet. They've been pretty handy at home as well over the last couple. So, uh, yeah, it's um, it'll be tough for us to, to win that one. So, uh, yeah, very tough one away. They've been in pretty handy form. So, um, yeah, keep your eyes on them. And uh, they will have had a week off as well. They haven't don't have a midweek game before. So um, we'll both be coming into that one with a reasonable sort of similar levels of freshness on Friday night. So look forward to that one. Um, yeah. Let's move on. Uh, NPL Queensland, just very quickly. We sort of covered this off last week, but uh, they obviously didn't play on the weekends. It was uh, an FFA Cup weekend. 
uh, for sort of senior teams, and obviously most others had the weekend off. Uh, so the NPL Queensland men's team is actually, oh, that's, isn't that nice? They're clashing uh, with the down away at Gold Coast Knights on the Friday night, uh, who are in third. We are, of course, in first place at the moment, though, in the NPL Queensland men's. Uh, so played 4-1-3, drawn one, 15 goals for, three against, uh, scoring quite nicely. Uh, that's almost as many goals as the A-League team scored in, like, 10 games, and they've scored that in four. <laughs> Parsons in the first team. Yeah. Parsons is on fire. Get him in the first team. Yeah. Uh, 7.30 p.m. kickoff down there at the Croatian Sports Centre. And the NPL Queensland women's are also back in action, not until next Tuesday. Uh, so about a week from when we're recording here, 7.30, uh, they're at home against Brisbane City. So uh, an interesting little one. Brisbane City started right there in fifth. We're in second. So it should be a good little game. Um, all right. Bit of news. Bit of news. Not too much floating around this week. Uh, Football Australia has um, now has the full broadcast rights for the national team matches um, back and are able to on-sell separate from the A-League. So that could be interesting to see how that sort of plays out because obviously, if um, if you recall, they used to be together. Uh, it used to be sold as one package. All the Matildas, Socceroos rights were sold with the A-League, W-League as we unbundle into the APL away from Football Australia. And obviously, they become separate rights. So uh, that could technically also be... Um, Go to someone else as well, so that could be uh, interesting to see. I and with the hope... backlog of games as well, um, hmm. obviously Asian Cup, uh, so World Cup qualifiers, Asian Cup, I suppose, is part of that too. Um, all the games for Matildas, all that sort of stuff. It's going to be a nice little, um, I suppose, cluster of games that they can on sell. So this uh, Matildas games that are coming up, are, I think, on just about every possible channel. I think you got it on ABC, you've got it on Fox, you've got it on My Football. Obviously it's on KO given it's on Fox. Um, mm-hmm. so it's on a few different um few different platforms. So hopefully it becomes a bit of a way for the FA to really make the most of uh, I suppose to get the most of their obviously the money that they can get in because this is going to be their main revenue now from a TV rights perspective. Mm-hmm. They'll still skim the top of every single registration in the country. Let's not face let's face facts here, but um, <laughs> yeah, well. but in terms in terms of broadcast rights, this is going to be their golden goose, and um, this at least gives them a little bit more flexibility. Uh, they don't have the A League to um to, to yeah for, for the income. And look, there will also be the to be renamed FFA Cup rights as well. They're probably not worth a hell of a lot, but they'll be worth something um, to on sell or sort of run themselves maybe or, you know, um, it's sort of looking to those streaming sort of options as well. So, yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see how that sort of unfolds over the next little bit. And, yeah, you're right. There's, yeah, there's a whole backlog of soccer. Is they're going to play, what, four games in a row? In yeah, four of them, the, yep. Well, they've got, the, they've got the little cluster of games in um, hmm. in the Middle East, the remainder group games. And then there's the rest of the qualifying, the next stage after that, presuming we make it through there. So, um, yeah. Matilda's obviously playing a few games and the Olympics coming up. I think the Olympics might fall, probably fall in with everything else, but I don't know if they get any sort yeah. of opportunity to you know, claim some cash from Seven or anything like that for being oh, able be to maybe stream sort of, it. Yeah, it'd be some sort of fee, maybe. Um, no, the, yeah, the Olympics light, the rights are pretty locked down, so they won't have any say in that, but uh, yeah, there might be some sort of money comes that way from from them. Just hope that well. the, um, what have only so four countries that has both their men's and women's teams going to the uh, the Olympics as well, which is um quite interesting. And of course, one of them is Japan, who is there as the host. Anyway, so one of only three that qualified in that way. And the other ones, one of them is Brazil, and there's a New Zealand are the other ones because obviously Oceania gets oh, okay. the Olympics. Yeah, it's basically gifted it every year, aren't they? 
yeah, well, <laughs> you know, and yet they still fuck it up sometimes. <laughs> I still remember when Tahiti made the Confed Cup. That was the best. <laughs> exactly. See, they still fuck it up occasionally. Uh, yeah. Um, just very quickly, obviously, we talked about Matty Steinman last week and um, whether he was on our way here. And we've got, um, you know, we've got uh, an imports issue for him to come here. Well, his latest Instagram showed him that he is chilling and literally chilling. It's snowing uh, back in Germany at the moment. So if he was coming here directly from India, he is certainly going the long way around. He's just doing his two weeks quarantine in another country. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, Matilda's uh, Matilda's squad as well. They're all training in Netherlands, and yeah, there's lots of Instagrams of the snow falling while they're at training. So, um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, obviously a little bit of a final cold spurt. I think rolling running through Europe there um, before they start to move towards summer. Um, and this one's interesting. Where's this one come from, Dave? Uh, literally seven people. hours ago, um, the Raw announced it on their Facebooks and on their website. Um, they've announced uh, a new academy technical director in David Abella. Um, now, the spiel that the Raw have put out mentioned that he has just come from spending three years as a head coach, so head of the coach education unit for the Football Association of Malaysia. So he's got some, uh, uh, some pedigree behind him, which is, uh, which is impressive. Um, but he'll, um, I believe he actually was involved, it also mentions he was involved in the Queensland Academy of Sport um, as a head coach, technical director of Football Queensland. So he's familiar with, um, uh, familiar with the local landscape and... Um, I think it was part of the raw skills. Said it was also part of the raw skills training centres as well. So if you're familiar with Brisbane as well, um, or Brisbane Raw anyway, uh, in terms of their general setup and whatnot. So, yeah, new academy director um, uh, or technical director anyway. David um, Bella, welcome to the club. Yeah, welcome, welcome, David. So I guess that was probably that was the real role that Warren Moon would have been in before he probably became manager. So yes. um, probably good to get someone in there permanently as well. Um, with that sort of that skill set, which you said, that's a good history for someone coming into that role. Absolutely. Right. Let's move on. Let's do a bit of tipping, Dave, and um, we'll uh, we'll round it out for this week's show. Yeah. Thank you. Well, the uh, tipping. Let's give us a bit of a score update now. Everyone, a little round of applause for Yeshiva. He's finally hit the fifty. He raised the bat. Yay. Congrats, Yeshiva. Um, you're still last, but you've raised the bat. So well done. Um, in second last, what's that? Uh, sixth place. Uh, we have Dan. Dan, you're on 67, a whole 16 points ahead of Yeshiva in last. Um, next I hope up you can is... hold on, Dan. I hope you can hold <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> tough, but I believe in you. Dan is in 50s on 68. Uh, Pricey and the listeners um, in third place, equal third place, on 69 points. So only a couple of points between the, th- uh, the four of you at this stage. And listeners, obviously, on a nice score there as well, 69. Um Nice. Uh, I'm a little bit further ahead. I'm on 73 after, and this is inclusive after today's, as we record this, we've just seen Central Coast and Western Sydney Wanderers draw two all. Um, 73 points for me. I picked up the point on that game. Rick, still ahead, 76 points. He is um, ticking along nicely up there in front and I'm doing my best, guys, to haul him back, but Tends to tip similar to me, so it's a bit harder to do. We'll see what happens. Tomorrow we've got Sydney versus Perth, so we'll see what happens in that game. Um, I am tipping Sydney. He's tipping a draw in that one, so fingers crossed for me. Pricey, you've also tipped a draw from that one. Um, Wow, I'm the only one tipping Sydney in that game. It's mental. Listeners, you guys, you can still tip on the polls if this recording comes out before that game kicks off. Probably won't, but never mind. Um, the kick goal this week starts in on Friday night, of course. We've just spoken about it. MacArthur versus Brisbane. Um, Dan, we're going to start with you on this one. Could you give me 
uh, your tip for MacArthur Brisbane? Two 0 MacArthur. You just have to give me the result, mate. You just team the team that will be fine. You don't need to give me a score. Still vote MacArthur. I still vote they're going to win by two. <laughs> um, I'll tip the uh, the next one: Newcastle versus Melbourne victory. The bottle, uh, battle of the basement dweller or the cellar dwellers. We have. Oh man, I'm. This is just. I'm going back victory, because you know what? As much as victory out of trash, Newcastle are fucking terrible. So I'm back in victory. I just lost Labugard for like a month or two months. Like, yeah. Oh, then I'm. Yeah, I'll, I'll double up yeah. on that victory. Then that's yeah. yeah. Um, Pricey, Sydney versus Melbourne City in the Sky Blue Derby. I will be taking Melbourne City. Thank you very much. Adelaide versus Western Sydney is the late game on the um, on the Saturday. What mm. do you reckon there, Dan? Adelaide. It's a triple header, so they can give the uh, the W League final a bit of uh, clean air. Day. Fair, enough yeah. Fair enough, too. Fair enough. We'll come to the dub in just a moment, but that same day, Wellington is hosting Western United. Actually, just one thing we didn't mention in news, Trans-Tasman Bubble um, opens up the Ooh. opportunity for Wellington to go back home. So yes. Amazing oh, for wow. them, and, and I hope they get the chance to take a few games back home. Because uh, they're going to take their red shirts with them. <laughs> no, imagine if they played their red shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so they might be back in the yellow, funnily enough. Yeah, yeah. No, but, yeah um, I mean, yeah, good news for them. Yeah. Some for them. Um, Wellington versus Western United. I am going to back. Oh, that's actually harder than. I'm going to back Wellington. They've actually not been too bad lately. Um, they're playing some good football and they took Melbourne City to uh, to the limit too. Um, Newcastle versus Perth. Pricey. What do you reckon? Uh yeah, Perth. And Dan, we'll give you first dibs on. We'll give you dibs on this one. Adelaide versus Macarthur. This game is being played on Wednesday next week. Draw. Lady MacArthur, you're saying a draw. Yeah. Go over to the dub. Now, we'll all tip the dub here because this is the grand final. This is the last one. And we're tipping for result after 90. Not the final result, not who lifts the trophy. Result after 90 minutes. If you think it's going to go to extra time, tip the draw. Dan, Sydney, uh, Sydney FC versus Melbourne victory. You mean I can't tip the referee or the fifth official? I mean, you could. <laughs> There's not going to be a, a result that's going to get a point. I'm so. going to say victory. I'm going to say Sydney uh, myself. What do you reckon, Pricey? Yeah, Sydney. Victory played there. Final on the weekend. They did. They did. I tend to agree. So we've got two to one to Sydney on that one in terms of the tips there. Um, these polls will come out probably to, uh, probably Thursday um, because I'm too lazy to do it beforehand. And I do work. So... Fuck you. Um, <laughs> you just took that as like a personal attack. No one said anything, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I felt it. I can hear their, I can hear their thoughts. They'll come out Thursday. So, you know, whatever. They don't um, even know when we're recording. We could be like, we're recording this on Wednesday. I got them out already, first thing tomorrow morning. We've already said we're recording on a Tuesday. We always record on a Tuesday. Listeners that care that I've just told to fuck off. They'll know. So, you know, <laughs> they'll be across it. We're getting Plus. tired. Look, so that is, if you wanted to find those polls, of course, at the Rawcast on Twitter is a great place uh, to, well, that is the only place where we put the polls up because Facebook doesn't allow polls anymore. But uh, otherwise, with we're also Facebook. Not with more than two options. It's stupid. Uh, Facebook.com slash the, the Rawcast as well if you want to follow us on Facebook. Uh, these are all episodes are all uploaded into anchor.fm slash the Rawcast, but they're Push out to any good podcasting platform. Your Apple Podcasts, of course, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. Get around them. Even bad ones, they're probably on there as well because I think everyone just scrapes um, Apple Podcasts feed for you know, where podcasts are hosted anyway. So, um, you know, that's just the way it is. Uh, Dave, the Rawcast fan files kicking along very nicely. Uh, yeah. what, where are you up to with them? 
Uh, well, look, we've just had um, uh, Fatima Flores on there. Um, that was an excellent chat. It was one of my one of my favorites for, for the season so far. Um, a little bit longer than, than most of the ones we've had so far, but just um, uh, Fatima part of the, the Raw Call and Matilda's active. We get a really good insight in terms of, uh, I suppose, how the, the active support in women's football, I suppose, differs to men's football to some degree, um, how that became a bit of a um, uh, kind of a, a place for, she kind of found her people in her words and um uh and, and yeah kind of where she's where she's off to next in terms of um uh i suppose her, her footballing adventure so really really fascinating one um if you haven't heard it go back and listen to it should be in that podcast feed right now for you to have a listen to as are all of our fan files um episode nine this week coming up is uh ash win ash is uh, a den member she's been in the den for for years and years and uh and in that time, he's become a bit of a family man as well. So we have a chat with him about how he's seen the, I suppose, the evolution of, of active support and how his football journey's changed since um, becoming a dad. So really good chat with Ash as well. Um, that'll come out on Sunday night, Monday morning uh, in your podcast feed. So get around that. Excellent work, Dave. Thank you very much. And thank you, listeners. Thank you for holding through for another episode. I think this one probably, uh, we probably went long again, but you know what? That, that should start to be a little bit shorter. Just, um, just, just stop inviting me to this. <laughs> uh, look, we will, we will go back to uh, really only having the one mate, uh, the one team to talk about that we study in depth. So uh, anyway, thank you for joining us, uh, Butsy. Thank you very much, guys. And thank you, Mr. Dave Stewart. No worries, mate. And like I said, thank you, listeners, and we'll catch you all again next week. Bye-bye. Peace.